Hey, 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 Pokey fans, and welcome to episode 5 of Fairly Far Fetched. As always, you've got the core team here today me, Kia, here in the UK, and we've also got Gavin out in Japan. How are you doing today, mate? I'm doing very well. Wonderful. Opening question time then. Uh, as some of you may know, Pokemon Go Fest is currently uh, going on in Dortmund. Uh, Pokemon Go Fest, for those of you that don't know, it happens a couple of times a year, I think. Um, basically, Pokemon Go, Niantic, Pokemon Company, they rent out these massive parks and just completely take them over in huge cities across the world. Invite Pokemon Go players to come and trade, battle, and catch rare Pokemon together. Which made me think, for today's opening question, Gavin, if you were to design the ultimate Pokemon getaway, what would it be and why? Hmm. Now, I immediately think, like, proper holiday. So I would go with, um, I think in Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, there was a town called Pacifila Dog Town. Okay. And it was like a series of like huts on the water, all connected by bridges. And it oh, reminded lovely. me of like the Maldives, but it's just inhabited by water Pokemon, fishermen. And I think it would be the ultimate relaxation in the Pokemon universe. Um, I'm assuming the Maldives is basically Pacific Dog Town. Yeah, that's definitely what I'm getting. Um, I'm thinking surfing on Mantine. I'm thinking... Lovely. Fishing for Pokemon. Taking a water Pokemon breaks. You know, water sports activities. Yes. Scuba diving, looking for your tentacruels, that sort of stuff. It's not, you know, it's not particularly interesting. It's just, it's quite laid back. It's a hammock Yeah, lovely. Yeah, but, like, you're kind of interacting with Pokemon, and, like, it's, it's quite an aquatic theme I'm getting from you here. I've gone for a similar kind of relaxing theme. I went for a spa break. Okay, yeah. Um, so, like, a Pokey spa, and this is for humans and Pokemon, because we all need to recharge our mind, bodies, and souls, uh, whether we're humans or Pokemon. Um, and I, I've, I'm going to throw a lot of Pokemon at you here, so... First of all, you're greeted by Gardevoir, Pokemon number 282, <laughs> uh, psychic fairy type. I just think she looks like she would run a spa, you know? She's got like that a, kind of like she's white like a gown. Host. She's like a host, exactly. <laughs> host, but she's yeah. also very smart, softly spoken, um, and she can look after herself as well, you know? If any like perverts hmm. go in, I reckon she could just like kick them out. Psychic, which is really power important. of suggestion, off yes. you go. Exactly. And also, I think she would use her power of suggestion to kind of also like understand what state you're in as you're going in and then maybe kind of just calm your mind or, you know, what, whatever it is that she feels that you need. So you're in a really good state when you go into the first room. So we want you to relax, right? We want you to relax. So we're thinking aromatherapy, really good shout. Lots of Pokemon that can help us out with this. I think you're going to have like Pokemon 683, Aromatisse. Uh, Pokemon 315, Roselia, kind of just giving off their lovely scents and aromas. You get, you're starting to relax, and you've got a couple of candles lit, like Litwicks, Pokemon 607. Uh, maybe you'd have some Chandeliers, 609, kind of on the ceiling, just giving you that right kind of, like, state. Then you pop in, we want to, we're about to go in for a massage, but before we do, we want to, like, uh, relax your muscles. So we go into the sauna room and you've got Pokemon number 324, Torkoal. You can just pour some extra water over it. It'll steam yeah, it. It'll get your yeah. pores open. Relax your muscles before you go into the ultimate massage. And, you know, you got Machamp. You got Hariyama. You got loads of Pokemon. But I think the ultimate massage Pokemon would be number Pokemon, Pokemon number 424, Ambipom. Which is like, <laughs> it's that monkey Pokemon, isn't it? And it's got like the yeah. huge arms with the giant hands giant are like the hands. size of its face. Yeah. It's like really creepy, but I reckon he'd really be able to give you like a deep tissue massage. A dexterous massage. Oh, so, so dexterous. So um, I feel like you put a bit too much effort into that. Uh, More effort than you, I reckon. As, as like evident by my bit. answer. Uh, my answer was a pile of shit. And um, I'll definitely work on it for next time. Um, well, let's I wait just... until we get into the content to see who put in the most effort for this episode. Um, <laughs> I pretty apparent. Yeah. It's, um, uh, all right. So it's last be... time out, we talked about <laughs> battles. Uh, yeah. Gav, why don't you give us some highlights from last time out? So last time out, we decided to get into the nitty gritty about uh, Pokemon battling. 
And we discussed the idea of leaving your home at 10 years old. We discussed the idea of Pokemon referees. We discussed gym battles and whether or not you'd turn up on a Saturday for a particular gym badge. And whether or Mm. not a gym leader would have different Pokemon based on your skill level. We also then delved into moves in the Pokemon universe that don't quite translate to our real world. And then we discussed the disgusting origins of some Pokemon moves and whether or not the Pokemon company truly thought about the names they gave some moves, (laughs) such as Gunk Shot. (laughs) Then (laughs) they definitely knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. Then we finally landed on the uh, Gavin's fact of the day, which was mag cargoes are hotter than the sun and the world wouldn't exist if Pokemon existed. Exactly. So what was really interesting about last week's episode is that we kept kind of skirting around like the laws. We spent quite a lot of time talking about like how gym leaders actually work and how getting gym badges um, and uh, like allow you to do certain things. We talked about um, where and when you were allowed to battle, and we quickly realised that we need to just do a one succinct episode about the laws around if Pokemon existed in our universe. What would some of the laws have to be in order for it for, for us to be able to live in harmony? Essentially, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, because we kept coming across sort of rules that we hadn't come up with. We were discussing battling, but then we were like, oh gosh, like. Is it a job? Like, is it something else? And we just, we kept finding ourselves getting a bit stuck. So we really wanted to get into defining some more groundwork for our universe. So in the future, we can always refer back to what we decided on. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, listen, maybe we should have done this a few episodes ago. Who knows? (laughs) It's too late now, guys. So we're going to get into it. But actually, I think that Based on some of the conversations we've had over the last couple of weeks, it's going to mean that we can have quite a succinct conversation today. So we can really go, well, we've already decided this is a thing. We've already decided that is a thing. So now what are the laws around it? So that I think from like next week on, we can get into some really kind of like expansive world buildy kind of weird conversations because we've got all the laws kind of set up and ready to go. Yeah, I think so. All right. So that's what we're going to do today. Uh, We've got a few topics to get into uh, we've got kind of what would the governing body be? We've got um, we're gonna just recap some stuff around trainers and battles, um, and then we're gonna get into things like pokey welfare, which is a classic that I know people were kind of wanting to talk about. Are pokeballs kind of weird torture devices? Are they not? We'll get into that, um, and then some kind of prohibited Pokemon. So, what are some Pokemon that actually need some specific laws built around them in order so that it's not just absolute chaos and anarchy out there on the streets before getting into the question of the day and gavin's final thought sound like a good flow to you gav that sounds marvelous all right so governing body then so probably a quick conversation but an interesting one nonetheless um in the i think there's a manga actually in which there's like a pokemon association and we touched on this last time when we used Quite heavily, we use the analogy of the sports world and kind of like football, the football association, FIFA, um, not without their problems, of course. But we kind of said, like, I think that Pokemon Association is very much a, like, how they kind of organise and define the laws around the sports element of it. But I don't think that's necessarily what we're talking about here. I think it's much more like higher level, like, day-to-day legislation, don't you? Yeah, I think the Pokemon Company exists. I think the Pokemon Company exists in... Okay. Not in the same form that exists in our world where there's like a bunch of people sat in an office drawing away saying, does this look good? And someone saying, no, but throw it in there anyway. Um, (laughs) I think the Pokemon (laughs) Company exists to... uh, I reckon they're probably the people that created the technology or at least employed the person that created the technology... Because they created the technology of the Pokeball, they feel a certain responsibility for it. So they've got set ground rules for it. Um, Yeah. uh, But are the Pokemon Company a private organization or are they like, how are they funded? Because I get quite concerned when I think about something as huge as Pokemon 
being governed by a private body because they are, will be more focused on maximizing profits right which is why i don't think that that would be necessarily fair and they wouldn't be voted in either you gotta remember pokemon haven't been invented it's just that certain things have been invented around pokemon which might have been invented by private companies or might have been invented by the government so i don't know that i necessarily agree with that. i think there, there would certainly be like probably a the pokemon company who early doors decided oh there's like a load of inventions we could make around this but i reckon there might be um it probably would be a global organization, but I think you'd probably have like rival companies just in the same way as you have, you know, Apple and Microsoft or whatever it is. Um, but I think that you would have just like in like the wizarding world, right? In uh, Harry Potter, you've got like the Ministry of Magic in the UK and they have their own laws that govern what you can and can't do in the UK. But in other countries, they've got their own ministries with like different terms that are oh, that's good. in central government. But I think that the rules around like prohibited Pokemon, how you battle, it would be different in the UK to Russia, to Germany, to the States or whatever. Yeah, I think so. All right, great. So I think we're going to go through some laws now. Uh, what I'd like us to do is uh, actually pass some laws here today, you and I. So we are going to be the oh, l- the legislature. We are going to create and pass rules um, that we're then saying are the law for the remainder of our conversations. Every time we pass a law, um, I've got a makeshift gavel that I'm going to hit. Um, this this is a, a real world prop that sounds a little like this. So every time we manage to pass the law successfully today, I'm going to hit my gavel. That sounds perfect. (laughs) Wonderful. So we skirted around this last time, so let's just, like, round it out. Trainers. Um, We talked about, like, kind of... Well, for example, you're, you're allowed to leave home at the age of 10 in the comics and TV show and stuff. What age are we saying you can become a Pokemon trainer? Throw that out. No one's leaving their home at the age of 10. That is child abuse. That is neglect. Agree. It's absolute, absolute madness. No one's leaving their house at 10. So what are we saying then? Because you can, you can drive at the age of, is it 17 in this country? 17 in the UK. Yeah. You can buy cigarettes at the age of 18 now. When we were kids, it was 16, right? 18's a good age. 18 feels good. Yeah. Now I'm not saying that everyone needs to go to college, university, and do stuff like that. But I feel like mm. Pokemon trainer is a job. Pokemon gym leader is a job. Yeah, but Pokemon like, breeder so if you think is about a like job. Our real world analogy, like at the age of 18, a lot of people would go off to university and that would normally be the first time that they would physically leave home. So clearly mm. there's something around the age of 18 being the age where you become an adult. You're allowed to buy alcohol. You're allowed to make a lot more um, free choices, I suppose. So that feels mm. like it's pretty goods and i really like what you were just saying about there being um oh so first of all gavel 18 years old (laughs) passed motion carried um so then what i really liked you were getting into is how like breeding training being gym leaders they are like an actual job and i think you'd need to have qualifications in order to do that because i was just reading up someone's kind of comment on a reddit which was like you couldn't just like breed pokemon willy-nilly um, you would have to, it, I mean, I, I assume it's the same in this country as well, but like in order to breed Pokemon, you would need to, um, like have a, a breeder's license maybe because there are so many Pokemon out there. You could just breed like a load of, I don't know, like Spiritomb or something like a load of really weird ghost Pokemon and then just like take <laughs> over the world. There has to be some sort of control around this, right? Yeah. And I would say there's about as much... I don't know. I I would want there to be more control, but I would say there's probably, in our real-world example, the same amount of control that we have now with dog breeding and breeding cats. Like, you want it to be a certain way, but the reality of it is there's people doing it... Because you can't stop it. You can't stop it. There's people doing it in their apartments with, you know, shit everywhere. Wow, what a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> just Pokemon shit everywhere. Just just doing it in their apartments with Pokemon shit everywhere. Yeah, yep. lovely. All up the walls. Getting back into dystopia again, aren't we? Yeah. So well, It is, it is. 
It kind of is, but I don't want it to be. God damn it! So okay, right Jim, in our in our real world example, you've got to have a breeding license, and you you just has to exist. But I'm not saying Team Rocket don't exist. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Okay, motion passed on breeders' license. Now, I got thinking about like gyms last week and how this works with trainer law. We kind of said that, um, for example, they work like um, like karate belts. So at a certain time, you would say, I want to apply for my green Pokemon belt or badge, which means that I want you'd go to a gym, you'd say that that's what you want to do, and they would put out Pokemon of a certain level that you would uh, that would be appropriate for you to battle upon. It would feel like a bit of a stretch so that you could... Um, continue through and maybe get to the Pokemon League one day. And I wonder if it's a bit like... They're a bit like exams, actually. Battling gyms. So... I would go ahead and say that the real job is the Pokemon League. It's not battling gyms. The battling of the gyms is what's getting you there. That's that's what's making you a trainer. Agree. But then what is a profession, right? A profession is making money off of something which you would be able to do regardless of whether you played in the official Pokemon League or not, because you might just have a really interesting take or a really good personality. And as we said last time, stream on things like YouTube and Twitch and stuff like that. So I I, I agree, like you would only be able to get into the official TV licensed Pokemon League if you had a certain amount of badges. But I was going more down the angle of, you know how in the games you can only... They had this weird rule, like when you get a boulder badge or something, Pokemon up to level 30 or below will obey you. And that's just a way of keeping the game fair so that you can't um, just get traded like a load of level 100s at the beginning of the game and then just complete the game. But what it Mm. did make me think about was what would the real world uh, version of that be? And I reckon it's actually you're only allowed to have your own... Your gym badges allow you to... uh, physically own and use certain types of Pokemon. So maybe there'd be like a graded system for Pokemon. Because for example, I wouldn't want a novice Pokemon trainer at the age of 18 having even a Charizard, I think would be like, it would just be so dangerous. Irresponsible. Irresponsible is exact word I was looking for. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe you're allowed only like gen- like first generation evolutions until you get a certain badge and then you're allowed second generation because they're a bit more dangerous. And that would all be imprinted on your trainer card, which is what you've already alluded to. Okay. Riddle me this then. How okay. do we stop Pokemon evolving naturally through gaining experience? Are we saying that it's very unlikely Ooh. that without gym badge number two... They've trained their Pokemon enough to actually evolve anyway. Yeah, but then if you're only allowed to battle Pokemon in certain... I don't know, because there is an ownership point, isn't there? Because what I was going to say, if you're only allowed to battle Pokemon in certain areas, if I only had a level one gym badge and chucked out a Charmeleon, the gym leader would be within his rights to say, no, you're not allowed to and actually confiscate that Pokemon. But that doesn't stop me from just having one out in my in my house or whatever. Okay, I like the idea. I think instead of someone confiscating a Charmeleon, we've got classifications. Like, yeah, okay. you've got your Charmeleon, but in this gym battle, we you're you're going for gym badge number two. You have to show me that you've got Pokemon for the appropriate level for this yes. challenge. You may have leveled up your your Charmeleon, um, but he's in classification cannot use until. Yeah. Badge number four. Yeah, I get that. Definitely. We've got, Um, there's like a table. It's like in the actual, it's in the, in the video games you've got, um, in the competitions, you've got overused, underused, um, never used, that sort of stuff. It's maybe it's that sort of classification with real Pokemon. So yeah, gym, uh, gym battle number one, you're going to be using your Wurmples. You're going to be using your, uh, Maybe an Ivysaur if you've done it, like if you've got yeah. there. Maybe you're, no one in after gym badge number two is using their dad's Charizard. Exactly. Yeah, because you wouldn't be responsible enough. You wouldn't have enough like knowledge, which is why I also think alongside battling being your practical examination, you'd also have to take a theory test. So every Perfect. time you wanted to be able to go up a level, you'd have to take a theory test, which shows that you have the right 
um, instincts shows that you know like how and when you are and aren't allowed to use certain types of moves um, so that you don't endanger yourself, your Pokemon or the people around you. Gavel. Gavel. Theory tests alongside Pokemon (laughs) gyms as your practical examinations to allow you to wield certain types of Pokemon. Love it. Yeah. Um, we started talking about the trainer number thing there. I think this is a really important part of po- Pokemon lore, which is that um, so in the games you get given a unique trainer number. Now, realistically, the reason why that exists is to help with um, like trading Pokemon, isn't it? So you know where the Pokemon has come from, and you get certain like uh, special abilities. It, it's 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 an algorithmic thing. It's rather your license, than isn't it? it? Having it's your driver's exactly. license has a. Um... My driver's license has a number on it. I've got no idea why, but it's the identification for me. It it's I guess it's a way of when I'm filling out forms showing that I've passed my driver's test when I'm renting a car or something like that, right? Yeah, my exactly. passport's got a passport number on it. It's the same thing. Your trainer card's got a trainer number on it because you have done a certain amount. Yep. I guess we need to go back. You need to apply for a trainer card yep. before you even set out on your journey. And you can apply for your trainer card at the age of 18. And that's when you start your Pokemon journey. Now, things that the trainer card allow you to do. They allow you to buy Pokeballs. You're Perfect, not allowed to yep. buy Pokeballs if you don't have a trainer card. Yep. It's also a bit like when... Uh, it's like number plates as well, right? If you see someone speeding on the road, a policeman can quickly use their database to find out who the driver and owner of that car is so that they can find them. So when you get a Pokeball, does that have its own unique number on it? Which means that if you see a Charizard, for example, you would be able to know who owns that Charizard so that you can enforce laws. Yes. And when you have a certain amount of badges, it allows you to buy better quality balls. Yes. 100%. So higher catch rates to catch those more difficult to catch Pokemon. Maybe original Pokeballs only are able to catch a certain Pokemon. And maybe, maybe the Pokeball is something that can curb evolution, much like an Everstone. Yeah. Maybe unless you move your Pokemon into the next stage ball, into a Great Ball... It's not going to evolve into a Charmeleon. It's going to be under that that housing. Oh, that's nice. also, your trainer number is... So the poker police can say, Oi, mate, why have you got an Articuno? I can see that is not your Pokemon. I'm going to have to confiscate it and we'll find the original trainer. Really, really nice. I love it. And because we talked about Pokeballs in the past as basically being like transporters, right? So they transport yeah. Pokemon to like a certain place. And I think like evolution, like we talked about, sometimes there's like a, um, like a chemical reaction that happens within Pokemon that allow them to evolve at a certain point. So why wouldn't that also be applied to Pokeballs to allow them to evolve so that we can... Because so, that's basically what they are in the game, except it works ever so slightly different. So I love that. Really, really good lore being passed. Cor- <laughs> this gavel's coming useful, isn't it? Um, yeah. All right, well... I'll, we can we can move on. Why don't we take a little break and then when we come back we can get into just wrap up a bit on battling before getting into a bit of pokey welfare and then talking about some prohibited Pokemon that are, are worthy of our note. Yeah, go for it. Alright, see you when we get back. Welcome back, fairly far-fetched listeners. Let's get into battling, Gav. So we've already talked about a few of the laws around... So, for example, and I just want to... Because we have the gavel today, make sure that we gavel off some of these laws (laughs) that we established last week. So we're only allowed to battle in designated areas like poker parks, yeah? Gavel. Um, You you can't just battle, like, at home... um, and at certain times of like the week or the month, there'll be specific um, like rated tournaments where you would go to to increase your level and point system and take part in these theory and practical examinations to allow you to progress through the Pokemon League. 
Gavel. <laughs> so there's a couple of other bits that are worth getting into. Um, the 6v6 thing. Like, we're in the games, we're only allowed to keep six Pokemon on us at a time. I think I... we skirted around this mm. in the past, but what are you saying? I hate it. I really hate it. It's actually something I hate in the games. Really? So, yeah. Keeping six Pokemon, that's absolutely fine. But when I lock eyes with uh, Jimmy in shorts, you know, the boy with Rattata. <laughs> yeah. I'm allowed to use all six Pokemon. He's got one. I th- yeah, it, That feels awful, you know? I feel like when we go into a, we go into a Pokemon battle, I lock eyes with him. We don't just throw out our first Pokemon and then I continue to destroy his Rattata with all six yeah. of my Pokemon. It's like, oh, your Rattata killed my Pidgey, did it? Oh, well, I'm about to throw my Bulbasaur at it, my Pikachu. Exactly. I'm going to bloody kill that thing. I'll keep going until I kill your Pokemon and then I've won the You're fight? Right. That doesn't seem fair. It's so I broken. Think, exactly. At the beginning of the fight, you are discussing what rules you have. Uh, this is, Right, let's do a four-on-four. Four. Let's do a three-on-three. You have to exhaust all three Pokemon before you win, and you can only use three Pokemon. Yes. There's, a, the, there's no, like, throwing out four, and I have six to go through. Totally agree. And if we think about it with the world that we've created, you're only allowed to battle in certain places anyway. So if you go down to, if I go down to King George's Park this Saturday, and there's a uh, an official battle taking place, you walk in and it's already got the laws in place. So when I was a kid, for example, I went and did, um, I actually went and did a Pokemon tournament uh, using Pokemon Blue and Red down at actually probably our local um, uh, leisure center. You know you we were at the same one, right? Really? Yeah, of course we did. That's yeah. amazing. Fleming Park in Eastleigh. Yeah. yeah, and it yeah Fleming Park, I, and it was uh, done yeah, by I the official Nintendo magazine, level... right? Exactly. I didn't get through to the final because I we thought, did. yeah, I thought going there with a level ninety-seven would be enough. Yeah, but I came when across kids, so many. Exactly. I came across so many level one hundred Mewtwo's. Yep. And I and the queue was so long. Yeah, the queue man. was so long that I just hung around the area again and sat back down. Yes, I did the same thing. Yeah. We lost and then we just like re-entered ourselves at the beginning again. Um, yeah. And there was a guy who beat us but cheated because you're only allowed to use um, one of each type of Pokemon, which is why you couldn't have like three level 100 Mewtwo's. But they were three on three battles. There was, um, there were basically like rotating referees. They didn't sit with every single battle. But if something went... Um, if something went against what we, what were the agreed upon laws of the game, you could kind of put your hand up and someone would get disqualified. You could only progress um, if people if they like gave you like a little stamp, I think, or like a signature next to. That's right. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, but what I liked about that was thinking about this episode. They created the rules around it, and we just had to obey them. So the same the exact same things would happen in our Pokemon world, right? Because you can't just battle people in Viridian Forest. You have to be at specific designated Pokemon battle places. So I think that's kind of taken care of anyway. But there's also something about like the amount of Pokemon you're allowed to store on your person, which I think is really, really important to uh, just public health and safety. Like, you're only allowed to have six Pokemon on you at any time. And, for example, um, I think in the Kanto series, the episode with the lighthouse, Ash finally catches his seventh fucking Pokemon, which is a Krabby. It's a Krabby, yep. And what happens to it? It disappears from sight. Right. And he's really surprised by this because he's like, where's my Krabby gone? And he phones up Professor Oak and Professor Oak's like, yeah, you're only allowed to carry six Pokemon on you. So it's been transported back to me in my lab. Now, I don't believe that there is a Professor Oak in every like council constituency that stores everyone's <laughs> Pokemon above six because it would just be absolute madness. But we yeah. have talked before about the Pokeball being a transporter, right? So it's an identifier. It also stops you from having overpowered Pokemon depending on your level, but it also transports Pokemon out because if you wanted to just take over the world, you would just have a hundred Dragonite on you and that would be like job done, right? Yeah, so this is where I think the the, when I was trying to say at the beginning, I think the Pokemon company exists and they created the Pokeball and they created the storage system. So when you cr- yeah, when you catch your seventh Pokemon, it's automatically transported to the Pokemon company's ranch. I don't know. Like, yeah. flesh this out for me. 
<laughs> hopefully it wouldn't just be like a really gross like trump style concentration camp but okay dystopia hold on a utopia maybe again. yeah dystopia utopia maybe the pokemon goes back to the wild and carries on living its life oh and is oh, recalled Gav. on when you need it that's really nice so you can catch a pokemon but then it just like continues living its wild but then the thing that would upset me about that is what are the bad habits that my Pokemon would pick up in the wild that I couldn't control as its trainer? Well, you're not training it. You're not training it and yes, you're using it. So it's going to get bad habits. Or yeah, but that's it doesn't get bad habits. Like, because that's just the Pokemon's nature. Yeah, I guess. As long as they couldn't battle each other in the wild though, because they might like level up or do all kinds of crazy stuff. But I do like well, it. Yeah. I, I, I like it principally. I would like to say that they, when they get caught and they're not on your person or in a Pokeball, they get transported to like a, a beautiful, big, open, wild style habitat that they can live out their lives um, happily without being in a computer. What is a nature reserve? What is in our universe? What exactly. is a nature reserve? <laughs> it's where we've got Pokemon so maybe... that are actually domesticated and caught, but exactly go there to live. I mean, Professor Oak had all of Ash's many, many Taurus that he caught oh, in the man. Safari Zone episode. Yeah, they were like living on a ranch, weren't they? Agree. Granted, they were behind. Uh, they were behind a fence, but let's say. In our universe, the idea of a national park or a uh, nature reserve is somewhere that's reserved for people's Pokemon. Now, these are going to have to be large swathes of land. Yeah. But I think that's the... It's, it's a way of doing it. I'm not saying it's perfect. Email in if you've got a better idea. Yeah, there's but probably gavel- like a whole episode on like cityscaping, isn't there? But I think what we're going to gavel here is that you are only allowed to have six Pokemon okay. on your person or in your possession at any time. Let me just gavel that. And <laughs> your Pokemon get transported to some sort of wild-ish nature reserve-style habitat to live their lives. It's not perfect, but our listeners are going to have to build it out. Gavel. Yeah. All right. Very nice. Very, very nice. Um... So, what about using Pokemon against humans, Gav? I mean, anime is very cutesy and designed for children, but at the same time, I'm seeing a lot of Charmanders using flamethrowers on humans' faces. And fire's fire. I don't care whether it's Pokemon or fucking man-made. Fire is fire. And I don't want a Charmander flamethrower in my face. Got to be a law around this, surely. Yeah, I'm just going to go with don't do it. I'm going to go with don't do it um, in times of peace. Oh, okay. So if they've been weaponized. For example, during war, there might be um, reasonable cause to use Pokemon in the name of peace man, you know? So maybe in times of peace, you're not allowed to use Pokemon against humans, but... There's like a whole thing about warfare here, man. Like, are you allowed to use them in warfare, aren't you? Because your enemies are gonna. I think that it's not something a governing, like an overall governing body can control because then it becomes down to the political like, political landscape between two countries. It's like, well, we're going to use Pokemon as weapons of mass, mass destruction. So the other country goes, well, if you're going to do it, then we're going to send our best trainers with their best Pokemon. I guess. Hundred percent, but I mean, it's like it's just like nuclears, right? Like n- nuclear weapons are banned or prohibited or whatever. Yet everyone still fucking has them, and yet and then we use it as an excuse to go to war with each other. So you can't trust that everyone would play by the rules, which is where like a UN kind of thing comes in. But yeah, I reckon like they would start using them, then realize that it's horrifying, and then try and kind of peel back from it. But it would still be a thing. Yeah, I think so. Like, mutually assured destruction or whatever. Um, Okay, so Pokemon aren't allowed to be used against humans. Gavel. Yep. Um, And we think that probably in times of warfare they would be used, uh, which is horrifying, obviously. Um, 
but there's kind of no getting around it because you would just need to match your opponent's firepower. Sad gavel. <laughs> so we already say that we can battle them against each other. Um, and there's a warfare point. But also, like, can we work our Pokemon? What do you reckon about that? Okay, so in the same way that we currently use animals, yes. But I'm, I don't think that they're replacing anyone's day-to-day actual job. They're not packing groceries for someone in a, in a supermarket for free labour. Yeah, probably not the mundane stuff, but you can't possibly argue that they don't have abilities that would help, um, you know, the GDP of a country, for example. Like, we would be more productive if we used Matchamps to help build things. They can carry stuff much heavier and much more efficiently than humans can. Um, if you go to, um, like, I don't know, a, a, a poker centre or a hospital, like, sure, you probably want Pokemon that have mystical healing powers. Um, like, they can also, we also got a whole thing about, like, sustainable energy here. Like, if they are able to create um, huge amounts of energy that we can't, um, maybe, you know, that, that would be a whole big thing as well. And, like, why wouldn't we use them? You're right. But I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> yeah, it's not very nice. And like, I'm... No, it's not very nice. I feel like Pokemon are powerful enough that if they didn't want to do something, there's no forcing them to do it. Like, and also, yeah. Pokemon that aren't strong enough to do something, like, you're not forcing a Caterpie to, to move your furniture around your 100%. house. Like, you will employ the, the Machamp Moving Co. Completely agree. So I feel like the Pokemon's got to be willing. They have to, they have to be sentient enough to be willing to do a yeah. job. And I feel like maybe it's... it's Is it paid for work? Does a Pokemon have a bank account? How Probably do we pay not, them, Gab? <laughs> how do you pay them? Food? <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe it's a bit of kibble. It's a, po- it's a bit of poke kibble. Maybe it's like a thing where... <laughs> maybe... They're gaining experience through working, like yeah. work experience. Is that what I don't want? know. Maybe like, they'll move on to bigger, better things. <laughs> Would a matchup have a CV? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't. And he'd be applying for jobs. Yeah, against maybe. Other <laughs> really good team worker. <laughs> yeah, this one's wearing glasses, so he's probably uh, a lot smarter. <laughs> discrimination in the workplace of <laughs> right oh, so i'm dear. saying first gavel at like a high level legislature is pokemon can be put to work however oh. i think it would be taken on a case-by-case basis so if you owned a company and wanted to apply for the right to have a Pokemon do a job, you would have to go through correct procedure so that the government would then go, yes, you know what? This is a good use. It uh, sits well with that Pokemon's values and their abilities. The society will benefit greatly as a result of it. And you're not endangering them or harming them in any way. Gavel. (laughs) Gavel. Show us how you will continue to uh, look after this Pokemon's welfare. All right. So that's Pokey welfare done. Um, prohibited Pokemon. There are some Pokemon that I think are just worthy of us calling out a little bit that I think we would be, um, we wouldn't, we'd be doing this podcast and our listeners a disservice if we didn't chat about. Um, we've already kind of got into this a little bit, but I think there's something about like some Pokemon would be fine to battle with, but wouldn't be fine to have, let's say on the tube. So I reckon there's like a whole set of Pokemon that have like specific laws around them that allow you to um, take them, like have them in your home or you have to have passed certain, for example, if, let me go into examples, Gyarados, right? Pokemon number 130, Gyarados. Giant fucking water dwelling, like flying dragon thing or Pokemon 321, one of our favourites, Waylord. Of course you'd be able to have one of these if you could get a, ho- a hold of them, but you'd also have to have an appropriate habitat and living space for them so yeah you could go to like battle them at certain places and maybe you know again on a tennis court you wouldn't be able to use a warlord but i just reckon there's some that you would be able to own only if you could pass certain kind of criteria which i imagine 
there are already rules around like exotic animals in our world, do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, you've got to have certain licenses to own certain animals um, as pets and obviously you can't own everything as a pet. But there's definitely people out there that own tigers and I'm not sure of the legality of that. Um, yeah, things and you like take it to the beach either. Exactly. Now, I think something like, yeah, maybe living space, you're onto something, but let's go back to our point of nature reserves. If a Pokemon is caught and captured in an Pokeball, it's in a, an appropriate living space. Yeah. So it's not a, it's not a case of that your home has to have a massive swimming pool to home a Gyarados. It's that you're responsible when you throw out that Pokemon that you're throwing it out into an environment that it can be used in. Like you're not throwing your Waylord in the middle of a street in the middle of the UK. We would have to have really strong Wi-Fi in this world if every time I'm throwing out a Pokemon, it's being teleported from a nature reserve somewhere on the other side of the world. Look. Someone in our world has invented a small ball that can teleport something from one place to another. We've got pretty good Wi-Fi. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, All right. Here's a Pokemon I think should just be prohibited. Ditto. Yeah, right. Pokemon number 132. It can clone anything. We saw it in the Detective Pikachu movie. It's overpowered. It's unfair. And it raises all sorts of philosophical and legal questions. I'm saying you are not allowed to own a Ditto and they are only owned by... They're only allowed like... I don't know. I mean, are they allowed in the wild? Are we going to collect all the Dittos and bin them? What's, what are we saying? In the same way... people safe? In the same way that the Pokeball in our world can only catch certain types of Pokemon if you've got badges, maybe the Pokeballs are designed to not catch... A ditto. Also, how would you know yeah. it's a ditto in the wild? It could be something else. It could be Good dressed up as something point. else. What if you accidentally caught one? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe it just wouldn't get caught, and you'd be like, "What is going on?" And then you go, "Oh, this must be a ditto." I would we go as far as to say though that the Ministry of Pokemon would actually be actively hunting out some Pokemon that they think shouldn't be able to be owned and keeping them in some sort of, hate to say it again, Trump-style concentration camp where they keep all the Pokemon that they just think are going to do nothing but harm. I mean, that's horrible, but possible? I guess, like, Pokemon are very powerful. So there are Pokemon that will be a danger to humans and the environment and stuff like that, but... I don't want to think that way. <laughs> like, I kind of want this utopia want... that we've got. Um, Neither do I, but Pokemon 526, Gigalith, it stores up energy that lets it fire off an attack capable of blowing away a mountain. Okay. We need to control these Gigaliths, man. <laughs> They'd be blowing away mountains. They'd be blowing away absolutely everything. They're physically changing the geographic makeup of our planet. And fucking up loads of lives in in the process. I think we have got dangerous, classified, dangerous Pokemon that are kept away from humanity. No. And controlled breeding of. No. I'm going to go with no. Because, Whoa. Because... Go on then. Counter argument. Counter argument. Let's say... The laws of physics in our world have to exist in some some form, right? I don't think <laughs> okay, right. And something that's like six foot two has the ability <laughs> to move a mountain, right? It says it right there in the Pokedex. I know it says it right there in the Pokedex, but, but the Pokedex is, in my opinion, myths and legends. It's like, this is a story about a Pokemon and I wrote it down. Okay. Like, I don't right. think a Gigalith is moving any mountains, I think yeah. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go. Ga- I'm gonna get this to gavel. I pr- I'm gonna get this to gavel. Right. Pokemon number one oh one electrode. It often explodes with little or no provocation. There is no way people are allowed to just walk around with electrodes. They're absolutely terrifyingly dangerous. You can't have one on the tube. You can't have one in pu- public spaces. If all of a sudden they're just gonna explode and kill loads of people, I'm telling you, dangerous Pokemon. They're classified and they are kept away from humanity. What world are we living in? I don't want to live in this world. Someone someone that's caught every Pokemon in their lifetime 
Now, I, I'm happy to not be allowed to catch some Pokemon. I'm not happy yep. with us rounding up Pokemon and putting them in a camp. We're no better than the dictators <laughs> in history. But what are we going to do then? What are we going to do with these electrodes that are just exploding all over Live place? in blissful ignorance. Blissful ignorance? People are going to be dying, Gav. Maybe they're not, though. Maybe they're not. Maybe maybe we could just have this one, all right, mate? You are a utopianist, mate. You are just... You, you love Pokemon too much. You're blinded by your love of those lovely, shiny Electrode. But I'm telling you, they are going to cause problems to us. What? Okay. Although it does also make me think, though, isn't it weird how we are still assuming that we are the dominant species in this world? It is, yeah. Which is why I want to go down the route of maybe Pokemon aren't as powerful as what we know like yeah pokemon don't have the ability to move mountains pokemon don't have the ability to like cause a massive crater in the world maybe there are some and maybe that's what legendary and mythical pokemon are and that's the pokemon you're not allowed to catch because actually you're they probably live in an area in which you probably can't get to anyway now my example for this is pokemon number 382 kyogre and number 383 groudon Great shout. Those Pokemon were world enders in the games. Yeah. I'm not saying that they're world enders in our games, but I'm saying there's probably only one of each of those Pokemon. That's an endangered Mm -hmm. species in my book. They're not being caught and trained by anyone and they are on an off limits list. There's no... But they live in like... They do live in harmony, don't they? These legendary Pokemon. Like some of them help to control... Um, whole kind of ecosystems. They help to control the environment. Uh, they do all sorts of things. And I think that it's okay for us to suspend our disbelief a little bit. Um, I mean, you know, and just say that they're part of the ecosystem that governs and kind of uh, contributes to a thriving ecosystem where everything kind of lives in balance. And these legendary Pokemon, they have super strengths and superpowers, but we're not allowed to catch them because actually it would put the whole world out of balance. That's what I prefer. I don't. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna gavel legendaries as endangered species that help to contribute to our ecosystem and therefore aren't allowed to be um, tampered with or captured in any way. Exactly. Gaveled. Um, sad that I didn't get to gavel my um, capturing and kind of concentration of <laughs> dangerous Pokemon, but I I like your. You're push, sad about that? that, actually. Well, You're yeah, because I just I think that it would have to be the case based on the Pokedex entries. Maybe it says a bit more about me. It may be. Um, but I, I agree with your push, which is that actually we are kind of nerfing, to use a gaming uh, parlance, we are weakening what we believe Pokemon are able to do um, so that we don't have to have this horrible dystopia. Yeah, perfect. Although I did quite like, we nearly got onto a world where actually Pokemon were the overlords and maybe fairly far-fetched is actually run by a couple of like Mewtwo or like a couple of like Kinglers or something. And they're talking about how would it work if humans existed? (laughs) And these humans, they're so horrible. How do we keep them away from us? Can we battle them? Yeah, go on. (laughs) I'd listen to that podcast, just saying. Uh, Who else have you got that's worthy of note? Uh, Palkia and Dialga. Yeah, Uh, legendaries again. Legendaries again. These Pokemon are responsible for uh, space and time. Right. <clears throat> now, Course. In, the, <laughs> in the same way... Sorry, Dialga number 483, Palkia 484. I don't think these mythical dragon Pokemon either exist in the world today or, again, like Groudon Kyogre... There's only one of them. There's no catching these guys. They're too powerful to be caught, but they live in harmony with the world. Agree. Think about the terminology, though, that I reckon they've given us a bit of a clue here. Legendary and mythical Pokemon, right? Yeah. Do they even really exist, or are they just stories that have been used like way back in the day to help explain things like how time moves forward and how space is controlled. You know, if you think about constellations, actually, it's a really good analogy for this. Mm. Constellations, Ursa Major, um, 
other ones that I don't know. <laughs> the Big Dipper. <laughs> uh, some minor. <laughs> oh, man, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, but you get my drift, I right? get your drift. Early civilizations used animals as an analogy to explain the things they didn't understand in the world. So for me, Palkia, Dialga, other such legendary Pokemon don't actually exist. They're just myths and legends. Just because the Pokedex exists in the game and they are capturable in the game and the anime and the manga and what have you, in our real world, they don't... Uh, I'm not saying they don't exist for definite, but they're a myth, they're a legend. Maybe they don't exist in the form that they control space and time. Maybe that's their legend. <laughs> the, you know, the hundreds of years ago, there was a Pokemon that exists that could control time. Bullshit. It just looked 100%. like it did. You know, something like that. This is the real world, bitch. This is the real world. We've got a gavel. Uh, lovely. Any others you want to before we get on to the uh, question of the no, day I and th- your final thought? I think we should move straight on to the question of the day at this point. Hit us with it. Okay. So, Fred, USA. What if Pokemon could curb the tide of global warming? Can Lapras and Articuno help the Arctic? What role does psychic Pokemon have at, on hacking elections and the broader geopolitical terrorism? That's two questions in Ooh. one there from Fred, based in Many. the USA. Um, Many questions. Right. I think... That's a big one. Yeah, it's, it's a Which huge one? one, isn't it? Global warming is still got? happening. Climate change is still happening. We've influenced yeah. that. I don't think a Lapras creating more ice Agree, and an Articuno creating more ice is curbing it. We're probably They're probably doing as much as they can, but... Humans have already fucked up the world enough that... I totally agree. You've got to think about this as a a balanced ecosystem, right? Exactly. It isn't that. We've thrown it out of balance and then Pokemon are going to throw it back into balance. In the same way as ice is created on our world as we know it right now, we have done too much damage for it to be able to right itself, right? Everything works in harmony. So Pokemon can't help to curb this tide it's just that they're on one side of it and we're on the other side yeah and then i think that's yeah i think that's great what role does psychic pokemon have on hacking elections and the broader geopolitical terrorism i would say psychic pokemon we explained in the same way that darren brown exists like darren brown is not influencing elections because he's really good at influencing people yeah there'd be a lot more pokemon around that could do it but i don't think that's something that's going to happen just because psychic pokemon don't exist in our world in the same way that they did in the tv show where they can just move everything Mm. with their mind but if you had hundreds of thousands of darren browns in the world that were in some way capturable and able to be manipulated to your will as a human being, you can't tell me that, like, which, by the way, what an idea for a movie. Let's land that. Someone write that down. Crikey. Um, But you can't tell me that there aren't some people that would, uh, wouldn't manipulate that power um, so that they can, you know, make their own kind of mandate and whatever else it is they want to do in the world, right? Like, people would still use psychic Pokemon to influence the world and elections in the same way as Fred just explained. I do think it's a thing. I think it's going to affect the world in the same way that hacking elections works now. Like, yeah, people try and do it, but it's against the law. It's like Team Rocket's going to be the one doing it, not Dave down the street. Yeah, okay. So so it would happen. Crime um, exists. It's just that we'd have specific task forces that would be looking out for this kind of thing. Task force... also raised... It raised I'll, something interesting. Come out with the name me, on the spot. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it raised something else interesting for me, right? Though that you've got these Pokemon that have sentience and consciousness and actually intelligence, like real world intelligence. Think about like a Lucario, for example. Think about Mewtwo. Can they vote? No. Why not? They're animals. But they have just as much to say on our planet as we do. And the reason why my cat can't vote, shout out to Yorick. <laughs> Every episode got him in so far. <laughs> You're not gonna. You nearly got away with it, didn't you? Oh, God. Not today. Um, he can't vote because he doesn't understand the idea of voting. <clears throat> okay, but I don't think uh, Mewtwo's walking around the street as much as you think they are. 
And I don't think they're walking into true, the shop, true. you know, to grab a six pack of beer either. I think, <laughs> I think that Pokemon probably have like a limited intelligence in the same way like a dolphin and a chimpanzee are, are like dead smart, but they're not on the same level. I'm not going to, you're not going to give voting rights to a dolphin because it can't sign a piece of paper. But it also can't comprehend the idea of voting. But an Alakazam with an IQ of 5,000, um, a Lucario, for example, they 100% would understand the importance of us. We are creating, you and I, weirdly, <laughs> have just created all the laws that govern the safety and welfare of all Pokemon and all species on the planet, uh, which is mad. But also you've got Pokemon who are able to comprehend this. And you think they're not going to be like, uh, actually, mate, I'd quite like to input into what's going to uh, govern my well-being in my future. What I'm saying is that you're taking the Pokedex far too literally and... <laughs> You're deciding that a Mewtwo is far more intelligent than a human, as is a Lucario, as is an Alakazam. And I'm saying, maybe they're not. So does this come in our nerfing rule then? Are we nerfing the intelligence of Pokemon as yeah, well? So we're they're nerfing, much more animalistic. Yeah, exactly. These are animals. They're the animals in our world. We're not creating more humans. We're not creating a race of beings that are... <laughs> should be governing our world like <laughs> defeating the point of what we're talking about <laughs> so i would like to okay i'd like to land Good. on um my uh what do we call it fact of the day yeah gavin's final thought gavin's final thought now this is uh i'm glad we touched on this because my my final thought today involves three pokemon and kind of touches on what we're talking about, I guess. Oh, wonderful. Well, what a lovely segue. And by the what? way, Fred, I hope that answered some of your questions for you. Probably throw up even more questions. So, you know, feel free to get back in touch if you're just livid with our answers. Um, <laughs> sure and we'll, 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 uh, Gav, why don't you quickly share our social channels before we get yeah, into the final Yeah, of course. Well. Um, yeah, so you can uh, email in questions um, at questions at fairlyfarfetched.com. You can also catch us on Instagram and Twitter at fairlyfarfetched. That's fair, farfetched without the E on the end and the apostrophe. Um, the same way the, the podcast is spelt, funnily enough, when you find it on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. There you go. Right. Gavin's final thought. Three Pokedex entries today. Now, the first one comes from Kadabra. Mm. It happened one morning. A boy with extrasensory powers awoke in bed, transformed into a Kadabra. What? That's it. That's that's Pokedex entry number what? one. What do just, you mean? Just think about that. No, no, no. What What do you mean? <laughs> that's the Pokedex entry for Kadabra. Oh, that yeah. one day a boy woke up and was a Kadabra. Yeah. But that's fucking mental, Gav. I'm going to move on. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back. All right. Frostlass. Mm. The soul of a woman lost on a snowy mountain possessed an icicle, becoming this Pokemon. The food it most relishes is the souls of men. <laughs> That's not food! <laughs> you can't pick up souls of men in Tesco's. <laughs> Okay, uh, Pokemon number oh 362, Glalie. Where are you going with this? Glalie. Legend says, Glalie. a boulder on an icy mountain absorbed the distress and regrets of a stranded mountaineer, <laughs> giving rise to Glalie. Okay. This, oh, I think, further solidifies my argument for the Pokedex is full of shit, right? The Pokedex is completely full of shit. It's myths. It's stories that someone's oh. grandma made up about that Pokemon existing. You you can't take it as literally as all Kadabras were some boys of psychic power and woke up one morning, right? Because were those boys Abras oh. at one point or were they boys? Who Not woke quite. up in beds that became Kadabras were all frost lasses, lost women in kimonos in the mountains who wanted to eat the souls of dead men. 
were glalies. This is their favourite food. Were glalies inanimate rocks that decided to possess the spirit and regrets of a hiker? No, no, of course they weren't. And that's no, what I'm saying no here. That is what I'm saying. Don't hearing take loud the Pokedex so literally. No, a Lucario cannot vote. Gavel. <laughs> gavel. Where's my gavel? I got it. <laughs> Gaveled. Officially motion carried and passed. Um, what a lovely final thought. Um, and thank you for sticking with us this week, listeners. Um, got a couple of uh, fun episodes coming up. Um, and I'm hoping that we're going to be able to get into some bit more expansive stuff next time out we've now i think created the platform for which to have some really ludicrous conversations if uh which goes to show if i don't classify what we've been doing so far as fairly ludicrous or dare i say fairly far-fetched mm. Mm. um but i reckon like pokenomics what are some businesses that would be creating what are like what is the top selling thing on kickstarter in a world where pokemon exists um what are some you, you know, what are some businesses that have started to sprout up that would exist if Pokemon exists that don't exist in our world right now? So loads of really interesting stuff to get um, into. As always, throw in your questions at questions at Fairly Farfetched. Follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter. And also please leave us a five star review on iTunes. It's the way that other people can kind of uh, get involved with this if you're liking what you're hearing and you want to share it the best way to do that is give a five star review and as always listen to your mother's advice if you haven't got anything nice to say don't say anything at all <laughs> I've been Kia and we've also got my mate out there Gavin give us a lovely goodbye Gav goodbye everyone Laters, losers see you next time smell you later 